All right, well, good morning. We uh, find ourselves on Mother's Day, and we wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And uh, it's uh, changed a bit over the years. You know, um, it wasn't in the all-distant past that we've seen abortion clinics being protested and people standing out in front of them and holding up signs and protesting and even it even would raise to the levels of attacks and and these things because people were so passionate about stopping these sort of things but now we see a shift and we see that we're having protests for the complete opposite reason that we're wanting to protect the the right to be able to make these choices and to be able to, to snuff out these, these lies before they ever, ever get started. And if we know God's word, we know what his stance is on these things. And we know what our stance should be as his, his sons and daughters. But we have to ask, how does that affect us today? How does it affect the outlook of, of motherhood? It's another one of the times that we look at the calendar and we talk about certain things and we expect a, a certain message to be received. And sometimes that's difficult because we look at the, the way the world is, views God and views subjects and we have to adapt and we have to really get into the word and we have to throw out the truth. We have to put it out there. And not all the times is it nice and sunny and bright. Not every time is everybody going to be receptive of it. In fact, many times we're going to have condemnation. We're going to have hurt feelings. And we're going to have people that just don't like what you have to say. But it is our duty as followers of Christ as the sons and daughters of God, that we have to stand up for what the truth is. And that God is always to come first and foremost before anything else. That His truth stands supreme. That everything else of this world is manipulated by man and by Satan. That Things of this world, they change, they come and go, they're fads, they come into popularity and they decline just as quickly. They're driven by feelings, they're driven by affection, they're driven by things of the world that have no place in the kingdom of heaven. We have to remember that this place is only temporary. This is not our home. We are just staying here for a while. That our home is in eternity, and hopefully that eternity is in heaven with our Lord and Savior. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to speak your word today, Father. We thank you for the mothers we have out here today, Father. We thank you for what they represent, who they are, Father. And we thank you for that gift that you give us, Father. Father, we also we, we ask to open our hearts and minds to receive this word today, Father. Let us be able to absorb it and use it, Father. Just take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So, uh, 
I grew up in the 80s and, and 90s. To date myself a little bit there. But it was a, it was a good time to, to grow up in. It seems like it was a, a time that we had a, a lot of interesting things. Our, our, our literature, our, our movies, our television shows. I guess I feel a little nostalgic because I find myself going back to rewatch some of the things that I enjoyed in, in my youth. And we see a big difference from what was then and what was now. A lot of the stuff that was made back then just simply doesn't fly today because we have to worry about things like political correctness. We have to worry about hurting people's feelings. And things that simply wasn't an issue then are a great issue today. So we're going to go back a little bit today as uh, I pull one of our, our modern examples as we, we look at the word. As we look at what it means to be not only a, a mother, but a woman. See, I think one thing that we fail to realize is that everything that God does has purpose. You know, and God's not so worried much about the, the small details. You know, we look at this and we'll see, well, God doesn't want us to do this and he doesn't want us to do that. And it's not so much the small details and it's not so much he's worried about every little thing that you do. He's worried about you fulfilling your purpose. And I want you to keep that into the back of your mind today as we as we move forward, as we look at it, you know, what is God's purpose for our lives? What does he want us to become? What does he want us to do? What is our hope in our future? Psalms 127, 3 and 5. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of the sorrows, for he has given his beloved sleep. Lo, the children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As the arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth. Purpose. God is always trying to build family. It all is with purpose. We have a, a husband and a wife that comes together, each with different abilities and skill sets, and that comes together to make a family. And from that, we have new life. And as these children grow up and mature, reach adulthood, as the parents start going in that other direction where they become not as able as they once were, as old age begins to take the toll on the body, we see a, a change in role where the children rise up and begin to care for the old. Purpose. In the 80s, we had a, a lot of different kind of movies that came out. 
action was a, a big thing. And it was no bigger action star than Arnold Schwarzenegger. The all, not only was he big in his celebrity, but big in statue. It was a name that everyone knew worldwide and still is today. He is still grazing us with the, the big screen. He is synonymous with action. Conan the Barbarian, the Terminator, the last action hero. We see him big and bold, able to take on the bad guys hand to hand, be able to wield the weapons, a man's man, rough and tough, larger than life. And then there was a few instances where he played more of a a comical role. Twins. Jingle all the way. And then there was one little treasure called Junior. Made in 1994. And the premise of the movie was that Arnold, he played a, a scientist. Well, a little bit of a stretch. But we can always have a little bit of disbelief when it comes to the movies, right? Especially, especially then, especially in the 90s. It was, everything was so extreme. We could have a little bit of disbelief. So he was a scientist and he was working on a, a new drug. But the thing of it is that it had to be tested. So he, had, he wanted to test it on himself because he didn't want to subject anyone else to it because there was that sense of responsibility. You know, not something that we see today. We always want someone else to bear the burden of proof to test the waters. We don't ever want to put ourselves in harm's way. In this movie, he became the first pregnant man. And of course, with such situations, there was many opportunities for a cinematic laugh. So why do I bring this up? Well, what made that work in 1994 is that we have this huge, muscled-out action star that rode through the screen on a Harley Davidson that beat up the bad guys, the larger-than-life action hero, and we're putting him in this ridiculous situation. Because in 1994, it was a joke. It was a joke. And that's what made the joke so much of a joke because of the unplausibility of this happening. 
Because back then, in 94, we came up, we had science classes that taught biology, that told us how reproduction works, and relied on scientific fact that tells us that only females can bring life into this world. That only a woman can be a mother. So we see this, this is a, a, a comical situation. But you know, if this was made today, if this was a, a 2022 new release, if we were going to the theaters to see it, it would have a, a much different statement. Because there are people today that would argue the point that this is totally a realistic and plausible idea. Just the other day, I saw on the news that they're putting tampons in the boys' bathrooms at a certain school district up north. We are completely disregarding science, biology, and most of all, God. Because it's not a joke anymore. It's not funny. It's not comical. It's what perversion, it's what Satan, it's what the world is trying to mold our vision of what normal is. A world that does not follow God, a world that does not have God in it, a world that is not God-led is not in any way, shape, or form normal. It is twisted, it is perverted, it is wrong. And we can't laugh at it anymore. There's been such a, a push to change our image of what women are, what men are. And it's these kind of things that we should be standing up and saying no to. Why is it, women, that you want to have what makes you special taken away? You get to bring life into the world. And that's pretty special. That's a God-given gift. You know, there's a constant battle. You know that the women say that the men have it better. And the men say that the, the women have it better. We're all equal in God's eyes. We're not all the same, but we're equal. 
You know what? A week or so ago, we talked about the body of Christ and how we have all these different parts that come together to form the body. Well, the thing of it is, they're different. They're all different. But they are all just as important. And when you're missing one, when one is hurt, when one is damaged, you see how important that is. Have you ever had a leg injury, a foot injury, where you had to get around with some kind of device, whether it be crutches or a walker or a wheelchair? That'll make you realize how important those parts are. Try abdominal surgery where every time that you go to sit up, you're in agonizing pain. It'll make you feel how important all those things are. Even a simple tummy ache will make you realize how important it is to have all of your systems working correctly. We look at the Word of God. And we see different things. We see that men have the, the leadership role. And women are, are envious of that. They want to object themselves into that role. With that responsibility that comes with it, that takes a toll. To stand up and be the head of your family to make the decisions that affect not only you, but everyone that comes underneath you, it has its trade-offs. We regard women as the, the weaker vessel, but they do extraordinary things. We see that the word tells us that children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You bring forth the fruit. We look at, let's look at Abraham. He wanted a son, needed a son. That was the promise of, of God to bring forth his name, to bring him, to make him the father of many nations. That requires a son. Pass down the, the legacy. So for a woman, she's not only receiving that gift of herself, that joy of being able to fulfill her purpose. But she's also giving that gift to her husband. She is fulfilling his want and desire and need as well. And only she can do that. Only when we come together, 
the way God intended it. Sarah was so eager to do so, she was willing to get impatient and go past, speed up the process and try to help God along. And of course, we see that God handled that situation and, and He went forth and fulfilled His promise just the way He said He was going to. We see many examples that when someone needs a little bit of work, you might possibly close a womb. But when it's time for them to flourish and to be rewarded, He opens it up. And let that child come forth. There's no ifs. There's no ifs in the Bible. There's no contingencies. There's no choose your own adventure. Remember those books you read through and you you get to a certain point and you had to uh, make a choice. If you want your character to walk through the door, you turn to page 32. If you want your character to continue on down the path, you turn to page 36. And the story is shaped by what choices you make. When it comes to the the Word of God, there's only two choices. It's either follow it or not follow it. And one leads to the path of heaven. One leads to the path of receiving blessings. Receiving from the kingdom of heaven. Receiving the gifts of God. And the other one leads to the world. It leads to hell. It leads to sin. It leads to Satan. And it leads to a lot of sorrow and heartache. Two choices. Proverbs 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband do safely trust her that she shall have no need of spoil and she shall do him not evil in the days of her life. She sees wood and flax and work willingly with her hands as she is like the merchant ships and bring forth her food from afar. She raises also while is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion of her maidens. She is considerate in the field and biased with the fruit of the hand she planted in the vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good and her candle does not go out at night. She layeth the hands of the spindle and the hands of the staff, and she stretches out her hands to the poor, lest she reaches forth the hands of the needy. She is not afraid to show for her household, for all of her house are clothed with scarlet. She marks herself covered in tapestry, or her covering is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and he sits among the elders in the land. She has made a fine living and sell it, and delivereth the girdles. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looks wellness in the way of her household, 
in the bread of her idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, she is praised. We don't do a good enough job of, of teaching. Because we look at things through a, a worldly, worldly scope. And women want to come out of the traditional roles and want to go out into the world and take on what she deems to be equal amongst her male peers. Sacrificing family for career and status. We look at at the words here, and if we uh, do a little bit of of biblical archaeology and look at how things were and how things are supposed to be, we see that there's so much more. We see women today, they say, well, I don't need anybody. I can stand on my own. So they go out into the world and they work for someone else. They get on that corporate ladder and try to climb their way up working for someone else. Where it was a tradition that the woman ran the home. The men would be off and and working and doing these things that need to be done out. But the woman, she's the hub of the household. Not only taking care of of the children and the house, but everything else. The manager of the finances, the manager of the goods. Everything that happens would funnel through her. Great importance. Great importance. And these are all God-given gifts to have that great importance. To be able to be that partner. God looked at man and said, it's not good for you to be alone. That's dang right. He needs help. He needs help. And he needs someone strong. He needs someone compassionate. He needs someone loving that can wear many different hats and do many different things. And God created woman. So why is it there's such a battle to throw all this away to this perceived equality that's really just more oppression? Why do we want to take it away from doing your own thing, your own world 
and to be thrown into the world of the world, the one that's controlled by Satan. Children are a, a blessing. We see that there's much argument. I've watched a few debates where these younger generation, college age women, they, they get up and they have their arguments about how oppressive it is to take away their right to choose. Our sitting president even said that it was a God-given right to choose. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. President, but that is not what the Word of God says. Not at all. There's no correlation that says children are a blessing unless they come at an inconvenient time. It doesn't say children are a blessing unless there's something not quite right with them. It doesn't say children are a blessing unless the father is not exactly what we had in mind. And I put some deep thought into this before I decided to talk about it today and looked at the different things on there and really considered a lot of these different reasons why it's so important to have a, a right to choose. And I came back with one thing. We always need to follow what God says. Well, what if there's going to be a birth defect? We're all a little defective in some way. We are the product of living in a sinful world. And that takes its toll on all of us. We are born into sin. And you know, we've had people that's been born what we would call perfect, perfect health. But then something happens. Cancer, an accident, infection. Something comes along that changes that. So maybe changes our mobility, changes what we're able to do. Does that make us any less of a person? Does our quality of life change? Maybe briefly, but we can overcome. And we can adapt. We talked last week about the guy that was born with no arms, but yet he could do all these things because he 
overcame and adapted. He still leaves a full and rewarding life. And not only that, he is inspiration to others. I was listening to a story and mother received the the devastating news that her baby was going to be different. And the doctors pushed her and said, well, we can take care of this right now. We can abort. We can get rid of it. And the mother said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And they told her, said all these things, well, he's not going to have a full life and he's not going to be happy and he's not going to be like that. Well, that baby came into this world. If you looked at the smile on that baby's face, you can tell that he's happy. Mainly because, despite everything else, he has a mother that loves him. Special needs children are born each and every day. And believe me, I've seen one in action. There is nobody that will fight harder for them than their mother. And they're special. And they just want to be loved just like everyone else. And there's a place for him. Because God can take whatever the situation is and he can use it for his good. Well, what about if there was a, an act of violence? What if there was a rape or something of that nature? God can take anything and use it for his good. One instance does not change the love that you can have for another person. There are children out there that the mothers don't know who the father is. They sure don't know who the father is. But you know what? They are still loved. They are still productive. They are still an important part of this world. And you know, there's unions that start out beautifully and perfect and we think everything's going to go and then something goes awry and then that person that was cherished so much becomes the enemy. But the children are still there, still just as important, still just as loved, still just have as much purpose. We can't control who our family is, but that doesn't shape who are we going to become. Because that doesn't come from our our DNA, our background. It comes from the path that we choose in life and whether we're walking in the light or walking in darkness. God can shape anyone's story.
97% of this choice that we're fighting so hard to preserve is out of convenience. That's right. The last two things I just talked about, those unavoidable, unforeseeable things that can result in the pregnancy, they only make up 3%. 97% is by choice. 97% is completely avoidable. Motherhood is scary. You have this grand responsibility and it's taxing and it's tiring. But it's also rewarding. It brings a smile to your face. It brings purpose to your life. It is your reward. Don't squander away what God has given you. And don't take a worldly look as what it means to to be a woman. And we can we like to put everything with a title. Everything's got to have a label. Everything's got to be explained what we are and who we are and these pronouns garbage. We need to stop worrying about pronouns and we need to classify ourselves as sons and daughters of God. That's what needs to be our title. That's what our pronouns need to be. And we need to stop worrying so much about how the, the world sees us and how we see ourselves. We need to start looking, how does God see us? Are we doing Him justice? Are we following His word? Are we living up to His purpose? What are we doing here? We already talked about, you know, we can go through this world. We can build up status. We can build up money. We can build up all these things. But we can't take them with us. What are we really turning over to the next generation? We're so worried about saving the planet and and doing all these things. But we're not leaving anything real behind your children is the one thing that carries on you know we've had people that's done great things and we can read about them in a book but that's as far as they go and they're not doing anything else anymore but our children is that chance to keep putting something else out there and the values that you instill in them 
and the perception, and most of all, planting that seed of God and putting the word in and helping it get etched on their heart. Those are the things that's going to carry forward and carry into the future and change things. If we really want to make change in the world, if we really want to save the planet, then we've got to change the hearts. And if we all can take and have a heart for God and follow His Word and do things His way, everything else will fall into place. Instead of trying to make something new, let's try to recover what was lost. We had paradise. We had paradise and we gave it away. We turned it over to Satan. And you know what we're doing now? We're telling him to run with it. We're just pouring gas on the fire. We're watching the world burn. And it's all because of our our attitudes. Are you glad to be here today? Are you glad to be standing here? You're listening. You have air in your lungs. You have a life to live. Thank your mother. Thank you that she wasn't too busy. That you weren't too much of an inconvenience. That she didn't want too much freedom. That she didn't like the father. That she didn't wasn't scared of a of a defect. Never think about that. That that choice could have been you. We like to be selfish. Well, think about that. Be grateful. Grateful for your gift. Grateful for the people in your lives. Grateful for God.